1: We are going to be discussing the Lakers opening their preseason with a loss last night. Uh, they were—they looked like the better team against Sacramento while LeBron, Anthony Davis, and, and Russ and most of the starters or, or more core rotation players were out there. And then when those guys sat down, uh, Sacramento boat raced them. So there's a, a lot, I think, to start to try to take away from this, even though you don't want to, you know have any concrete takes after a single uh, preseason game. I do think there was some stuff that, you know, some of the the concerns were were uh, confirmed uh, or, or you know, they, they looked to be confirmed last night. And I think there were some positives that looked to be confirmed last night. I thought Darvin Ham uh, and his system looked pretty good. So, um, yeah, we're going to be discussing that. We're going to be discussing the way that the Lakers move forward here. Uh, the fact that here we are with the preseason now uh, having started and Russell Westbrook is on the team, we got yet another rumor right up hours before tip-off of, of the Lakers considering trading Russ and two first-rounders to Indiana for uh, Buddy Heal and Miles Turner. Uh, we've only heard about that 53 different times, so I'm sure um, there's plenty of territory to, to get to there. But I'm going to bring on... Uh, my, my good buddy, Aaron, who was at the game last night, he and I host The Hook every Friday. If you enjoy the way the conversations go here, um, a reminder that if you miss any of this show, if you have to walk away for a second and you want to catch whatever it is that you missed, um, this gets taken, the audio from this gets taken and thrown onto the Silver Screen and Roll podcast feed, which you can find everywhere that you find your podcast. Just search uh, Silver Screen and Roll podcast all right Aaron you were there I was indeed uh were you booing was that no you?
2: no <laughs> no I would I would uh I would never no but again I mean, you know it, you and I have talked about this a lot I, I I I understand uh fans voicing displeasure and as long as it's not like as long as it's about the game yeah. and not not you know homophobic or racial or anything like that man hey i don't tell fans out of fans so do your thing yeah i it,
1: look is bo it, yeah it is well bo- it's it's like they were booing when like scotty pippen jr was on the court <laughs> you know like cole swider scotty pippen jr max christie like those are the guys that that got booed i i thought while LeBron, Russ, and AD were out there. There was some stuff to like, and there was no real reason to boo quite yet. But yet, um, I, I will say that there is, I think, a a takeaway from the booing, and it's that like Lakers fans aren't going to have it this year. You know th- there is there is zero um, positive credit in the bank account right now with Lakers fans because they saw how last year went. The only major change that was made was Frank Vogel, who, by the way, helped win a championship only a couple seasons ago. Russell Westbrook is still there. Um, the roster makes no sense because Russell Westbrook is, in, in part because Ru- Russell Westbrook is still there. And I think as soon as things don't look quite right, uh, there is going to be a contingent of fans whose faces might still have some re- residue from the last protest who are sitting there uh, showing up. <laughs> <laughs> I will neither confirm nor deny those 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 unsubstantiated r- rumors. But no, I, I like I think I, I look. I agree. I think that the your point made that like telling fans how to fan is is stupid. I hate it when I hop on there and like remember when Russell uh, Wilson was getting booed by by Seahawks fans, and people were like, oh, my God, how can you boo? He's playing no, for the see, Broncos. That I'm in
2: favor of. That, that, that I'm in favor he, of. He, see, he, any, any Russell Wilson slander I'm
1: here He's He plays for the Broncos. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> the, the expectation? He's there for the other team. Seahawks fans are the 12th man. Like, they boo everybody. Of course they're going to. But anyway, I, I think, like, generally speaking, telling fans how to fan, so long as it isn't, Personal and offensive uh, is is always a step too far for me. Last night, I didn't really hear too many boos. Um, it it happened at a stage of the game and at a point in the night that I was you know half asleep anyway. But I don't know the the booing. I I I actually kind of sort of like it. I kind of sort of like the fact that Lakers fans are just they're not having it this year. the The, the Lakers uh, market themselves as as exceptional. They um, sell themselves as the high point of what the NBA can be and should be. And if you're going into a season with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and everybody involved with the organization knows they don't really have a chance at winning a championship despite having those two guys there, that isn't exceptional. If anything, that's exceptional ineptitude to have those two guys on that on the roster and not have, feel like you have a chance at winning. And now, you know, when, when you lose your preseason opener by thirty points, Lakers fans are gonna hear let let people hear about it. And I, I kinda like it, especially from a from a from a fan base that gets, you know, marked as this kind of fair weather, never really cares type of fan base that showing a little bit of fire, I'm I'm cool with it. I'm fine with it. Well, a couple of things. I think
2: I don't think like this is this is gonna sound strange, but like, preseason doesn't matter in, unless it does, right? Like, yeah, it didn't matter last year that the Lakers went winless in preseason until you went, wait a second, yeah, like, some of this stuff has translated, right? The Warriors, I think, won all of their preseason games last year. Okay, it doesn't matter, right? Well, maybe it does. So I think there is some residue left over, and I think that is fair. Again, though, it is just the first preseason game, and when the Lakers were playing, the guys that are going to play – um. They just, as you mentioned, plainly looked better than the Kings. Yes. It's not a high bar, but it was the King. Better like, like, than the Kings. Better than the Kings. <laughs> yeah, let's, <laughs> let's, let's hang another banner. Let's hang up the 18th banner. Because I'm, I'm telling you, the Kings are definitely hanging a banner if they even make
1: the play. The, the, the Kings are fascinating, man. They have so many guys on their roster that's like, hey, that guy could be a part of a winning team. That guy could be a part of a winning team. And then you look at them collectively like, oh, my God, that is not a winning team.
2: <laughs> and I, I think you were talking about, the the, residue from last year and the goodwill that isn't there because of how last year went. That's fair. Um, We were talking about Russ. I think Russ is kind of analogous to what it is going to be this year for Lakers fans, I think, insofar as I think... Look, Russ is going to start. He started yesterday, and I think he's going to start. Assuming he is still a Laker when the season starts in Game 1, I think he's going to start. But I think he has... A very short leash and I think that Darvin Ham has been empowered uh, to to do whatever he sees fit to coach however he sees fit to start Russ or sit Russ or bench Russ or whatever and I think that's similar to because of last year Russ has a very short leash this year and because of last year I think the fans have a very short leash for the organization right I, yeah I I think I think that the Lakers should get the benefit of the doubt the organization should get the benefit of the doubt. Russ should get a chance to show he can do it, but that leash is going to be pretty short.
1: Benefit of the doubt is and a it's, little and, and strong, I think it's,
2: and I think it's fair. And I think it's fair that it's short.
1: Yeah, like benefit of the doubt isn't exactly how I would phrase it. You know, I, I, I would say they. I don't know if you want to say you think fans should give them the opportunity to show that this isn't going to work, then okay. But the problem there is like. If you're, if, if you get the opportunity to show that it isn't going to work and then that forces you to make a trade, that's just a lack of foresight because everybody who watched last season would have told anybody involved with these decisions, this isn't going to work.
2: <laughs> yeah. But we talk about this all the time. That, that is you and I talk about this and disagree about it. That is going with the assumption that there is a deal there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, it's been reported pretty ad nauseum at this point that, 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 if the Lakers were to include that second first round pick, like there's, there's so much smoke there that it's, it's almost like that solo stove where there isn't any more smoke anymore. It's just like, there's a, Oh, there's a fire sitting right there. Like that, that, that trade appears to be out there. Um, if it isn't on the table, it's like in their hands, ready to slide onto the table. If they, if they were to make that formal offer, like it's, that seems to be a path that the Lakers could take forward here, and it's one that, by the way, behooves the Pacers too, as their own. And I forget the guy's name from the Athletic. As he wrote, it would be organizational malpractice to lose Miles Turner for nothing when everybody knows that the Pacers could get right now at least one first-round pick from from the Lakers for this. Um, and and like from from the Pacers side of this, if I was a Pacers fan, I would. Part of me would kind of say, hey. Uh, maybe I can get a better offer for miles Turner and we'll see if that makes itself available over the course of the season. But given that we know that the Lakers are willing to include at least a first round pick here uh, taking on Russell Westbrook's salary doesn't really matter. They aren't going to win anything this year anyway. So get the, get the first round pick with high upside here of betting on the Lakers when they, when LeBron isn't there. Like if I was a Pacers fan, I'd be kind of pulling out my hair at the possibility that the Lakers find another trade, you know? So, like, I think there's there's two sides to that situation, too. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think, look, it it's it's what we have talked about now for months, literal months, is the Lakers had one thing that everybody kind of sort of knew uh, to whatever extent you want to uh, acknowledge here. They had one thing that they had to do this offseason, and they didn't do it and they carried out the rest of their offseason as if they were going to do that one thing. And now they have 73 guards. Um, and, and, you know, like we saw, we saw a game last night where two guards who probably are going to play significant parts of this rotation or, or are looking to play significant parts of this rotation, they weren't there. <laughs> Lonnie Walker and, and Dennis Schroeder were not there. I don't know where those minutes are going to come from. And, like, we'll, we'll talk about more of that uh, as as we get into it. But, but yeah, I, I think, like, as it pertains to, to Lakers fans, and I can only speak for myself, um, it being, you know, a, a Laker fan myself, I personally would, would have very, very, very thin patience. I do have very, very little patience for fucking around early on in the season, you know, because we found out last year. We don't need to find out all over again. We'll talk about the game. We have optimistic Russ fan on here, and I think that is actually kind of sort of fitting because I, I liked some of what I saw from Russ last night. I think, I, I think one thing that we can really say about Russ through this entire process is he he has handled it personally about as professionally as you possibly could, right? Uh, he talked about it after the game apparently to Dan Wojcie of the L.A. Times in saying that his focus is going to be the basketball and that trade rumors are nothing new to him which they are not he would be if he gets moved on his fifth team in 5 years uh and and i thought last night brought some pretty good energy he did have a couple uh, defensive mislaps he did miss the one jumper that looked to have a bit of a hitch in it um but for the most part he did you know he got out there and facilitated uh, very well um and and while he had those defensive lapses i thought there were also some stretches where he looked to to care about what he was supposed to be trying to do defensively, um, it was a it was a, a good preseason game for for Russ. So optimistic, Russ fan. Are you? A, I am curious. Are you a Lakers fan or are you a a Westbrook fan first? I, that's that's a good place to start these conversations.
0: Uh, uh first off, want to say what's up? I see a couple people I know down there, KB. i saying Aaron, all them boys. Uh, I'm a Russ fan. Okay, first, but I like. It. See things from both sides, you know. Uh huh. No, I, I'm, uh, I'm not asking so,
1: that derogatorily. I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, no, nah, it's fine. It's, it's fine, bro. It's, it's, um, it's just a, 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 That's kind of my starting point on, on where I'm gonna ask this because, like, if you're a Russ fan, first, would you prefer to see him carry out the season with the Lakers, or would you prefer, would you have preferred to see him move? <laughs> uh,
0: all right. I'm gonna ask that like this. Okay. Of course, as a Russ fan. I would want to see him play in his hometown for the team, been dying, dreaming to play for, right? Mm-hmm. But after the mishaps of, you know what I'm saying, last season, he kind of like you said, he on a short leash. So he want to make very few mistakes, or he's out here earlier than we might anticipate. Um, at the end of the day, I do want what's best for both teams, though. So if that happens to, you know, what I'm saying, unfortunately, move Russ and you know, to get for you guys to get better, I won't be mad at that. At the end of the day, GM's job is supposed to make the team better. You know i saying, no matter who it is, just no loyalty, whatever. This is business at the end of the day. Everybody should know that. So um, I would definitely like see him go on his revenge tour and prove himself wrong. I mean, prove prove everybody wrong. My fault. Prove everybody wrong. You know what I'm saying? But in the event that he gets moved, even if he does play well, you know what I'm saying? Shit happens. My fault. space. My, my fault. But
1: yeah. things happen. So, you know what I mean? Uh, I-, I appreciate then- you going into press conference mode. Like, this is a business, and this is like... <laughs> <laughs> no, like well like, nah, not, yeah, anyway, he decision. was in he <laughs> was in press conference he was in he was in Pat Bev press conference mode dropping
2: all that language.
0: <laughs> hey, oh, hey listen you gotta keep listening like, when it comes he... to Russ I try to be as unbiased as I possibly can, even though there's some sh- that tick me off, you know what i'm saying. Yeah. I try to be as fair as I possibly can and put myself on both sides and both party shoes. So uh for sure, like like I said if Russ stays great, I hope he does what he needs to do, he'll be I like what I saw from him last night. I seen him try on defense a little bit. Besides a little laps he lost, his man, uh, well, he wasn't trying to pick him up Darren Fox, but in that defense, Darren Fox is gonna buy a bucket. So what he was doing to Darren Fox was what people do to him when he kept when he tried to shoot a three, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. Other than that, I said I hope things do go well. LeBron, I ain't worry about him, man. That's LeBron James, but He's gonna knock that rust off, come back dropping thirty. You know what I mean? That's LeBron. He different. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I found, about I found LeBron, his performance. LeBron, right? LeBron is him. He proven time yeah. to again. He is him. He the goat. You know what I'm saying he, in my eyes, he is the goat. He better than enjoying All that stuff. So I'm I'm with I'm with you on that. You know what I'm saying yeah. yeah. The, the LeBron thing. I, I don't. I, I wouldn't worry about LeBron at all. LeBron. Yeah, LeBron tends to, him, bro. He, well, he I, tends.
2: He tends to start slowly finishing, and he's one of the best finishers at the rim in the history of planet Earth. Um, and his his finishing percentages at the rim are always among the league leaders. So the fact that he was smoking can, low layups that means
0: nothing to me. And his pass, not cute. He's like, in my eyes, he's like the best passer ever, bro. To touch this, to touch this court, bro. I, I would, man. I would agree with that also. Hey, like, bro, that so, man. Different.
1: The the only the only thing I'll say about LeBron was he had that one collision where he started rubbing his like, he, he, he I forget who he bumped into, and he started rubbing his like chest, and I was like, oh come on, <laughs> please no. And then he he was able to move okay. And I don't really care about the shooting and and all of that stuff. He. LeBron is the, le- the the person I'm least worried about here, but Aaron...
0: Right now, though, like, so me as a Russ fan, you know, it's a little hostility between the like, the Russ missed shots and the highlights. Real. So earlier, I was talking about, or on a Twitter time right now, I'm trying to get a conversation up, but I'm talking with this dude, and it's like, you know, LeBron missed... I would have saying if it, if it was Russ with him over seven shots, it would have been on his ass. Like, it would have been over him, twenty yeah. part, all that stuff. So I would have saying, like, even though...
1: Well, but that's the short leash thing, though. That's that's exactly what we were talking about. Like, LeBron, LeBron helped the Lakers win a championship. And, and then, you know, look, LeBron is a part of why Russ is there, so that's a part of the calculus here, too. But, like, LeBron has some of that credit of the bank account that, that Russ doesn't have right now.
0: You're right. I was trying, I was basically saying, like, you know what I'm saying, poor play is poor play in my eyes, right? I don't care who you are. If you have a bad game, you have a bad game. Shake it off. That's the thing. It's just, it was just that, that concept. But like I said, I ain't worried about LeBron. LeBron is him. I mean, he he gonna do him LeBron things. Uh, so I just hope next game. Was it was in Vegas or is that in?
2: I know uh, yeah, season. there's two games. Two games in Vegas
0: tomorrow and Thursday.
1: Aaron, tomorrow. you gonna be in Vegas too?
0: I will in fact be. Yes.
2: Oh, uh, he
1: can.
0: Listen, Aaron gonna get a bottle. One thing my Aaron he gonna get a bottle of Hennessy. Cook it and say Un- do
1: his thing. Unna- <laughs> yeah. Unnamed cognac. Un- yeah, yeah, exactly. Cognac. Which is which is why
0: which is
2: why nobody should ask me anything about the second half uh, <laughs> <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> you know how many sincoros and unnamed boy. cognacs I had.
1: You you had you were sipping on unnamed cognac and and uh, th- maybe they switched it. They brought you some different. They brought you the uh, so what was the what was the player's call? Oh no, Luda Lute- 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 They they filled your cup with Ludiac Lute- and you started booing about that, and it got picked up on mics.
2: One day, one day, I'm going to, (laughs) uh, one day, one day when we do story time again, I will, there was that, the actual Ludiac, uh, my mom bought it for me at, I want to say it was Costco and got a signed bottle of it. So my mom said, this is back in the day. Mom says, uh, do you want, do you want, uh, I don't even conjure. That's what it was called. Uh, do you, do you want, do you want some conjure? I'm like, what the hell is that? She goes, oh, I think it's vodka. I think, I think it's, I think it's vodka. I'm like, nah, I'm cool. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because I, I hate vodka. I don't drink vodka. Yeah. So she buys me one. Any she buys me one anyway, and I'm like, okay, great. So this is uh, when I was in Portland. So I have it down in my basement. I built a bar down in my basement. And Lamarcus Aldridge comes over, and he doesn't drink. So me, me and uh, Prisbilla, Joel Prisbilla, were sitting there down there drinking. And so I forced him to uh, have one. Mm. So I cracked a bottle open, forced Lamarcus to have one, and he's sipping on it and like won't touch it. So later on, we finish the night out, we leave, uh, they leave, everybody leaves, and I go back to, to have one, and I'm like, man, Lamargus didn't touch this, so I pour myself one, I'm like, what's, what's wrong with this? this shit is terrible, that's what's wrong with it.
1: <laughs> everything, The
2: Ludayak is, Luda is awful, that's what's wrong with it. <laughs> my brother still has the bottle of whatever, 15 years later, my oh, brother still, because we won't drink it, we won't even cook with it, it's terrible. <laughs> I don't know if it exists anymore.
1: It, it, it shouldn't. Um... All right. So Aaron, I want to ask you about the game though. And, and about Russ and, and, and optimistic. I, I didn't, optimistic Westbrook fan. I didn't get your name. What was your name?
0: Oh, my name is Kashmir. All
1: right. All right. So good to know moving forward. So you can hang out if you want. Um, but Aaron, I'm, I'm curious as it pertains to the game, as it pertains to what you saw, you know, from the, the big three, if we want to continue to call them a big three, LeBron, AD and Russ, uh, ham said after the game that they have some sets and a big portion of their uh their their system is is you know three man sets to get those three guys going um what would that what, what would that look like you know so that fans can kind of identify that as as it's happening is it is it rust with the ball with with options on either side of screens to go with there is it is it a handoff that leads into a pick and roll like what well, what would that look like so that as it's happening that that fans can, yeah.
2: Um, there are going to be times, obviously, where LeBron has the ball. But we even saw, I mean, some last night, but even some during during the uh, the scrimmage and some of the practice stuff that I think fans have been able to see some of it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be times where LeBron is kind of over on the side out of the initial action there's going to be times where LeBron obviously is initiating. I think when it really matters, he's going to be initiating. And I think one thing I did like, though, when when those three were, were playing together at the beginning, and I think you even mentioned it, it did look like a lot of the offense was running through, I think you mentioned it on Twitter, uh, a lot of the offense was, I have said that, You know, I don't believe that I want I think that the Lakers want Anthony Davis to have the mentality of him as the number one option. But I don't know that he's actually going to be the number one option. Yeah. For a lot of the time, he did look like the number one option last night. But I think it was done in more intelligent ways than it has been done in the past. I think you mentioned it that like just the mid post, just throw throw it to AD in the mid post and just let him like everybody get out of his way and let him go to work. I don't think that is the right way. To if he is going to be the number one option or one A and one B kind of thing, I don't think that's the right way to do it. So I, there was a lot of aggressive AD early on, but it wasn't just that you know kind of throw it to AD. It's too easy to double him there. He is not a great passer. It's not. It is probably the weakest part of his game. So I did like what I saw, um, and I thought there was some some creative stuff. The truth of the matter is, I, I talked to some of the coaches and, and video guys. Like the truth of the matter is, a lot of the stuff that um, that people have been commenting on as as new stuff is not new. It just it, there's like a little bit of window dressing on stuff, but it's a lot of the same stuff that you know, like a sideline out of bounds
1: play kind of yeah.
2: where Russ where Russ got downhill in the in the scrimmage and got the lefty layup. That that was some kind of new wrinkle. It's not. They've been running that for four years.
1: Well, there's there's only so many plays. It's kind of like when 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 you talk about like f- yeah when you talk about like fantasy fiction, right? And people say like oh well, that's this story is a version of this story. It's like there's only so many stories you can write. <laughs> the, a lot of the stories have been written already. Um, but yeah, I I thought I thought you know as I, I'm glad that you mentioned the ad stuff and the post up stuff. I look a part of the offense this year is still going to be. Feeding Anthony Davis the occasional pinch post possession just to kind of keep him satisfied, right? The idea that he would just become a slasher, just become a pick and roll hammer type option—that's um, that's fantasy. That's not going to happen. And and my thing was, you know, and I mentioned it last night, and and it's going to be something to really keep an eye on over the course of the year. How what's that ratio going to look like? Can, can the Lakers get it better, you know, more logical than it was last year where last year it was way out of whack where AD was getting, you know, four or five touches in the pinch post to every one or two uh, pick and roll sets that it felt like he was running and the offense got crazy stagnant. And, you know, even if the Lakers were playing decent defense, it was just, and and they were playing decent basketball elsewhere, the margin for error was, was just thoroughly limited because that is the most limited version of Anthony Davis. And, and I think this, this, uh, this season, not only do I think, you know, the two things to watch here is, is the ratio, like I talked about, but also what's going on on the backside of those sets where last year under Vogel, you would just see guys standing around, and it would. Be, everybody would just be kind of watching and seeing what's going on there while AD went to work. But this year, it's going to be interesting to see what's going on on the backside of those sets. What kind of screens are going to be going on? What kind of cuts are going to be going on? Who might be uh, put into which spots depending on where the help is going to come from? Like those are those are the things that are really worth watching. And I thought last night, as you know tiniest sample size as a single half in a preseason game can be i thought we saw some some things that that do give reason to be more optimistic at least in this one specific systemic regard what do you think aaron
2: i I, I think yes i agree with that i also think that it is i I, th- I think it is how much of that was, was actually happening the last couple of years is a little bit overblown. And the reason why I say that it is it is like obvious because it is one of the weaker parts of his game, the passing. And, and it's so easy to double team him in that area. Um but I think part of it is because it, it was so glaring because it seemed like every, like the, the championship year, it seemed like every first play, the first play of every game was to try to get JaVale uh, a lob or yeah. sometimes Dwight Howard a lob, right? The first play. And it seemed like the last couple years, it was the first play was always just throw it into AD and let that pinch post stuff go to work.
1: Yeah, and timing so I think, is a factor.
2: Yeah. And so I think it, those things kind of, it stands out because of that. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it is. I think it will happen some, and it probably should happen some. I think you're, I, I do think there's going to be a more diverse attack this year than it, than there has been, um, as it relates to AD. I think we may even see some of him as the ball handler in the pick and roll, and I think we should because it's it's something that uh, you can take advantage of uh, with with different matchups and and getting people switched onto him. So because he does like he well, can, especially a it, guy he's not, like he can handle. is
1: willing to sit that screen. Yeah. Well, and that's if, the, that's if the Russ other is problem. That screen,
2: that's the other problem is is when you just throw it into to ad in that area I don't like there's nothing for Russ to do right because he's not he's not gonna space to the corner as a shooter um, it doesn't be no room to have him in the dunker spot so I think that's another reason why it kind of stands out as uh, you know that's, that that probably shouldn't be the number one option in ad's game this year and I don't think it will be
1: yeah it it can't be you know it's it, you know the, the lakers are too limited across their roster to try to play with that margin of error they they just don't have a margin of error it, they could have maybe done something they could have tinkered around and in the championship year they you know they they ad was able to function a little bit more in the pinch post because they were more effective in other aspects of the offense and then as the team got weaker and weaker and as the offense got worse and worse, those AD possessions, maybe if they didn't go up, you know, in, in, in number, um, objectively speaking, it felt like they went up because the other possessions were uglier and those possessions that AD was just operating in the pinch post had to mean more. They had to be more effective and they weren't. And so like this year that, it's not, it's not, the, the margin for error isn't going to be there. They, we saw last night, like, I thought the Lakers thoroughly out, especially in that first half, well, definitely in the first half, not in the second half, but, but, uh, I thought they outplayed the Kings just flat out. I, I thought, uh, they defended better. I thought they, they, I thought they get out, got out in transition, uh, quite a bit better. Um, I thought they executed better, uh, but the problem is, like the finishers on uh, in those situations didn't do their jobs, right? Uh, JTA was out there shooting three pointers, and that's not going to be something that I'm going to be feel I'm going to feel particularly confident in. Uh, Damian Jones had a really I thought poor game finishing the ball, in part because there the, there is no space to operate um, in the key, especially when him and AD are out there together uh and and so like while the lakers were out playing him you only saw like a 9 or 10 point lead that felt like it should have been a 15 or so point lead and it's because the the the, the offense is just it's going to struggle this year there are there aren't the finishers on the perimeter um to to expand or, or extend those runs and that makes those ad pinch possessions that much more uh i guess tense because they have to be more effective, as the offense elsewhere isn't necessarily going to make up for it right now.
2: Well, let's be—you you mentioned those possessions in, in the bubble or in the championship year, and let's be—let's be truthful about it. It is a defense. You can't. You cannot stop everything. NBA defenses cannot stop everything. And as an offense, you want to put a defense. You want to have to force them to make difficult choices. And in the championship year, in the bubble, it's—it is a different calculation for a defense to go and double AD when he can get one pass away is, is even bubble Rondo, but obviously KCP or Danny green, right. As opposed to the shooting net or, or LeBron, it's a different, it's a different conversation. Now, LeBron's often going to be the best shooter on the floor, right. Or maybe Pat Bev, but it is a much different calculus for the defense when you are doubling off of KCP, when you're doubling off of Danny green, as opposed to the roster. Frankly, it's, there's not enough shooting on this roster to make those sets Going to effective it's going to be much easier to just go double ad and, yep. and the defense is not going to have to worry about it now
1: yeah and, and you're basically hoping for a mistake on the second pass now to to benefit from those double teams because you know usually when when it is danny green when it is kcp as those double teams are getting there they know as they're leaving there's a chance that this guy's just going to knock this down and that's just kind of how that position was always supposed to go in the first place but now it's like all right, the pass is going to get out to JTA and either he's going to make a three that the defense is really, really happy to give up or somebody will kind of screw up the the rotation and run out a little too hard to JTA and somebody um, else might be cutting to the basket and and you get the bucket that way. This year, I, I don't know. I have really big questions about the offense in this upcoming season Um, And, and, you know, some of that stuff was kind of confirmed in a negative way last night. Shub, you've been waiting there for a while. Um, How did you feel about last night's game? While it is only one preseason game, and while obviously you would have preferred to not lose by 30 to the Kings, uh, how how are you feeling about the roster now, given where it stands?
3: Anthony, Aaron, basketball is back. Happy post-game day. Glad to see you guys (laughs) again. Uh, Yeah. It was a, it was mixed reaction for sure. Um, You definitely come in with all this hype, (laughs) with all this hype type of stuff, you know, good to see everyone back. The new, the new guys as well. And then you try to not let the final score bother you. Like I literally told myself the final score does not matter. And then the final score was what it was. And it it really, it really stung for a second there. Um, but I definitely what you guys are saying, I completely agree with, um, the off- offensive stagnation is going to be something to look at for sure. Um, a lot of people last night, uh, in, in my space, were talking about, let's just wait till Schroeder and Walker get back. And I kind of agree. Um, I was tweeting during the game that second unit with, I believe, uh, Bev Reeves, Gabriel, um, Bryant, um, yeah, someone, someone else with the, with the lack of offense JTA, um, getting getting shot creators like like a walker and schroeder in there uh, will definitely bolster that that offense up and fix some of the concerns anthony that you kind of mentioned um and i completely agree when you are a defensive oriented team your ability to get baskets kind of uh kind of you're kind of limiting yourself and it, it, it seems like you have to work so much harder for every single basket when, when you're when you're exerting so much energy on defense right and so in in the offense especially in that first half looks so great because the similarities that our quote unquote big three have is that they're relentless when it comes to drivers to the basket right that's the characteristic that they all share so that no matter the spacing which is still an issue that we have you didn't see much of a huge issue spacing-wise uh, because of our, our three guys being able to get to the basket so well. Um, and that's gonna in that spacing is going to be more of a sustained issue than our guys being able to get to the driving lanes because of their sole talent, right? So that, that's a concern I did have. I was very pleased with Wenyan Gabriel, uh, his effort for sure. Russ had a great spurt as well. Um, and yeah, I think everyone is just kind of finding their groove. Um, I'm a little I don't want to say the word concern we can substitute that word for anything less than the word concern but Austin Reeves his lack of comfortability against second and third strings where he was in there especially that second half I thought his production should have been um, you know somewhat of of a level there the fact that he wasn't able to get comfortable um, even playmaking or even getting into somewhat of a rhythm it was was a flag for me so um, we'll see if these guys can uh, uh, play better in Vegas but hey man like I don't the Laker police are, is always active. They're telling us, you know, calm down. It's one preseason game, but we've been waiting for this for six months and fans are booing. So I, I don't know how to act. Maybe we should just not watch the game no more because we're going <laughs> to overreact anyways. You guys tell me, I don't know. We'll find out.
1: I don't know. I, I, I've reached the point now where it's like people can police it all they want, but like, you aren't going to tell me how to feel about a team that like, nobody is honestly that confident in this roster heading into this, like the, the Lakers aren't that confident in this roster heading into it. That's why we're still hearing about the fact that, you know, days before media day, the Lakers canceled their, their uh, Rob Polinka and Darvin Hampresser because they thought they might pull the trigger on a Russell Westbrook trade. Like the, the Lakers themselves aren't that confident in it. So if, if the Lakers aren't confident and they're, in, and they're signaling that um, by way of these leaks, I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh well, I guess we'll just have to wait 15 games in to the season to see what this team is. Well, like we kind of sort of know.
3: And Anthony, to your point too, I asked my timeline to find me one clip of our leaders, LeBron and AD, telling me the expectation or the goal was to win a championship during media day, training camp. You cannot find one clip. And if you want to compare that to the the league and past years, it's even funnier.
1: It's even funnier. Rob Palinka, two years ago, was saying that the standard that Lakers fans deserve of their team is a team that is always going to be vying and competing realistically right. for a championship team. So long as LeBron and AD are on it right this year at media day, he was like, Lakers fans deserve a team that plays hard. It's like, wait, what? right, <laughs> right, exactly. The switch up <laughs> is insane.
3: I, I, I've been a Laker fan for 15 years. I've never been part of a season where before the season started, we didn't have expectations. Everyone has just bought into this. We'll see mindset. And as a Laker fan, that, that's just something I can't get on board of. It's just, we'll see what happens. You know, let, let's just play this out. It, it's such a, you know, giving up mentality, which, which I'm not really
1: comfortable with. But it, here we are. It's one, it's one thing to have that mentality when, like, Robert Sacre is your starting center. No and when, yeah. when Ryan Kelly is out there. And, and, and like, in, in those teams that we knew heading into the season, right. the goal of that year was to get Kobe as many shots as possible and to get the lakers as many ping pongs as po- ping pong balls at the end of the year as possible so that they could get their way they could dig their way out of the hole that the we the, this will this is going to be fun team left them in um this year though like you have lebron coming off of a year that he could have led the league in scoring and you have ad in what should still be his prime the notion that it's like Well, we'll see how this is going. Like, that's just, that's not going to, that doesn't fly. That doesn't, that that doesn't, that doesn't equate in my head. Even though, like, you look at the rest of the roster, Max Christie was out there. Cole Swider was out there. Uh, You you, you have these guys at the end of the bench going up against the guys in, in, in Sacramento's end of the bench. And they were outmatched. And the reason they're outmatched is because the Lakers roster outside of, like, the first two or three guys just doesn't make very much sense. It doesn't.
3: And I thought the funniest thing was like, it, it sort of was like a mini meme about the expect or the goals they, they had for the beginning of the season. And it was centered around health, which is great and all, but you know, compared to every contender in the league, you know, people are just every single season we hear championship. Cause that's the aspiration and it's like a kumbaya feeling. Let's go after it. But the the expectation and the goal was 82 games. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the Lakers uh, team store having 82 games uh, plaster on a shirt so I can go ahead and uh, pre-order that one. So.
1: um Aaron I want to ask you about um I want to ask you about the the AD part of all of this and look for years now plural we have been told AD is going to be the guy AD is going to be the guy like LeBron dating back to I, I believe it was their first full season together was saying that I can't wait to pass the baton off to AD and you know when AD was when LeBron was a few years younger, you would say, "Well, okay, but like, let's actually continue to be a LeBron team, please, because <laughs> because you're still LeBron James." But LeBron is now nearing forty; um, he's entering his a, a stage of his career where his career is going to be able to drink legally. Um, I think that the only realistic path forward here to the Lakers competing for a championship in any way. Rust trade or not is Anthony Davis actually becoming that guy and actually becoming like the face of the Lakers because LeBron as your second best player makes you pretty effing good I just you know people in New Orleans waited for that for a long time and we here in LA have waited that for that now for 4 years uh do you what what would that look like if AD did that what would that look like what would the signs be that he's ready to do that
2: well, uh, <laughs> I, first, I kind of reject the premise of the question. Okay. Because any team LeBron James is on for the rest of his life, his NBA life, and probably even after his NBA life, is going to be a LeBron James team, period.
1: End of story. That's how it's going to work. Even when LeBron... I agree. Is, if if he's playing in, like, a post-retirement YMCA league, LeBron probably You think it's going to be, be a
2: LeBron team? You think it's going to be a LeBron team? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah,
1: he'll probably be the best player on that team, yes. Um, but what is it going to look like?
2: Well... And, I, and you saying like, you know, New Orleans was always waiting for that and the Lakers have been waiting for that and LeBron has been waiting for that to, to pass the baton. I I think it is going to look like 1A and 1B if it ever happens, right? It, it's pretty clear yeah, right now, 1 sure. and 2. But but let's go back to, we've been talking about the title team in the bubble. Let's go back to the bubble. There was a legitimate case to be made. I think they got it right, but there was a legitimate case to be made that that Anthony Davis was possibly the, the Lakers' best player in the finals maybe throughout the playoffs obviously he, he was fantastic and there was a, there was a case to be made that he could win finals mvp i think they got it right it should have been lebron but it was a dis- it was a reasonable conversation so i think that's what it looks like
3: yeah.
1: where ad elevates himself to where and by the way a, yes. they went they ripped off a dominant finals like they were far and away the best team in the league when that when when it looked like what you're talking about
2: it, yes correct um and it's why they won the finals because lebron always elevates his level in the playoffs, but LeBron basically was LeBron and AD elevated up to, you know, there was conversations at the time about, is he better than Giannis? Is AD one of the best five players in the world? All of those conversations were were reasonable. And as I just mentioned, he damn near won finals MVP. So I think it looks like that, that version of AD. I don't think we're ever going to get that jump shooting again, but all of the rest of it, that physically dominant, imposing his will on both sides of the court 24 and 15 very regularly you know three four blocks ad i think that's what it looks like what you saw minus the shooting i don't think that's ever coming back i think that was a fluke everybody shot the lights out in the bubble but outside of outside of the the long-range shooting the rest of it i think that's what it looks like
1: well i, I think he could i would hope he can get to like 34 percent from three-point range like i do I think he'll be? I think in that in the bubble he shot something like thirty seven or thirty eight percent from from range, on decent volume. But like last night, I think last night was the first night that he made two threes in a half since November of last year. That that is insane for somebody who thinks he's a power forward. That's insane uh, of in, in 2022 the year of our Lord like that's in, that's crazy.
2: Let's, re- let's remember there was the conversation um, that he would have with Frank Vogel actually it was it was a request from Frank Vogel just to get a th- I don't remember what the number was. maybe it was like five but yeah. that Vogel really wanted AD to shoot more threes. I think yeah. it was Vogel wanted five a game out of him. I don't remember the number exactly. Yeah, but I, I think um, like
1: four or five, yeah.
2: Yeah, so it, it's it's a question of AD getting AD to shoot, the willingness to shoot also. Do I think he's going to shoot 38% again or whatever he shot in the bubble? Of course not. But I do think low 30s, low to mid 30s, like you said, 34% or so, uh, I think that's reasonable. He's a better shooter than he shot last year. He's not going to shoot 19% from three again. But I don't think the like elite, like knockdown
3: three-point shooter is coming back. I just know. I just think that I just think that the reliance where I'm at with sort of the star overload in a sense is is just. I just feel like it's it's a lot easier to surround uh, those guys with 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 competent talent. Um, because you give it more opportunity and more pull to spread uh, you, you know the workload around multiple guys at a lower rate than put more of a load on you know somewhat of a star player in that sense, right because I, the way I look at the 2020 year is just I don't know if we're ever gonna see again in Lakers' history two MVP uh, players on the same team dominating for a hundred plus games continuously. That's how we won the majority of our regular season games is that they were having MVP performances throughout the regular season, throughout the bubble and throughout the finals. And so when, when, when you get away, when you rely on that and look at that as a championship formula, as some people are, I'm not saying we are, especially 24 months later with age catching up injuries, battling and things like that. It's, 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 in my opinion, it's borderline a lost cause because we can expect AD to have a 20, 24, 11, you know, in, in two blocks type of season, but when it doesn't result in, in the result that we want, where do you go to next? That's just kind of where I'm at with
2: it. Well, and that was the first red flag last year, right? right? When in right. the opener, right? LeBron and AD, I don't, I think they both had 30, you know, they were yep. both great yeah. and Russell it just fight. wasn't, the Warriors still came back and beat them it just wasn't yep. enough. Exactly. So I, I agree with that, but that also is part of the question. Right. You know, Anthony mentioned it earlier about how LeBron has continuously said, you know, about passing the baton to AD as the best player, but also behind the scenes, maybe or maybe not, depending on who you believe, has been looking for some of a reduction in, you know, he wanted some extra ball handlers, right? Right. Um, so it brings up the question, right? Like, what is a fair ask? Is that, is, is the chasing of stars or the seeming chasing of stars to reduce LeBron's load? Maybe is the extra ball handling to reduce his load. Maybe LeBron tends to want the ball when it really matters. But what is a fair ask of LeBron? It's it's year 20, right? So to him to have to carry that load, is that a fair ask? Probably and not. Do you want to put no. some more weight on AD's shoulders because it's not a fair ask for LeBron? Probably. But to LeBron, I say, you know what? You're right, especially defensively, like putting all that energy and effort in defensively for 82 games. It's not a fair ask of LeBron. And but you know well- what? Too bad. <laughs> A small answer <laughs> if to it doesn't a work though, you lose.
3: Aaron, a small answer to our question Aaron about the production levels and where it should really be at I think a small answer to that depending on how many minutes he gets will be Dennis Schroeder and what he actually looks like with this roster. The idea. That was the idea of Schroeder yep. the first time. Yeah, exactly. And so we're gonna see this second go around. Hopefully, it goes you know similarly well with him, depending on the minutes he gets, what that what that production looks like, and how close are we to getting to those consistent wins in the regular season. Based on, in my opinion, the best third option uh in the LeBron AD era was Dennis Schroeder, based on the numbers, plus minus anything, it's a landslide. So if he gets the minutes that we hope he will be. And, um, you know, be, be successful with that. I think that'll be a small deter- determinant, whatever, uh, of how LeBron and AD's workload and production should look like.
2: Wait, 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 The best third option in the era, you think Dennis Shooter was the best third option?
3: In, in the LeBron, AD, Lakers era. By, but what do you, how do you mean? Uh, in terms of fit, in terms of the, those two guys who they played the best with in terms of the third guy any single teammate they've had The third guy who book. like can
1: create for himself. you're saying because like
3: okay I don't, I don't kcp danny danny
2: green alex caruso
3: caruso caruso's up there but i mean the caruso ad connection i just i just like the spurts in with dennis lebron and ad them three as as, as a trio i would take that versus lebron ad versus any teammate they've had together well not and, that, and
1: that's you know because the we could we could I get think, bogged down. Uh, you know what?
2: Actually, I, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to I'm going to change it up. You know who I think the the I think the best third guy Damian with Jones. them is has been or is going to be Pat Bev. I'm going yeah, off the we'll board. See. I'm taking Pat Bev. We'll see.
1: We'll, I was we'll, impressed last night, but we'll see. Well, last night I'm actually the, I'm I'm glad that this came up because last night I was kind of surprised at how few minutes Patrick Beverly got next to Russell Westbrook. Most of those minutes went, you know, when Russ was out there, Kendrick Nunn was also out there. And then Beverly was also out there with the aforementioned mess that that was Austin Reeves when he was trying to create. Um,
2: as and, Anthony mentioned, there are 984
1: guards. Well, right. Like th- this is a thing, man. Like th- this is kind of a two pronged subject here as, as we kind of close this thing out. But like, I don't know where the minutes are going to come from here. And 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 you know Stu Lance tried to to prop it up as like, well, you know you're good when you have competition. And it's like, yeah, but. The other side of that coin is if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterbacks. And if you have, <laughs> and if all of your allocation is to is to finding quarterback after quarterback after quarterback, then you're missing elsewhere on the roster. And and you know I I the Schroeder part of this is really interesting. Uh, a Schroeder who is coming over here thoroughly humbled by the NBA and by the market and all of those things. Um, that's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, the if a move does happen. He becomes incredibly important, you know, because he won't be one of the pieces moved, and he will be asked to carry a fairly similar load as as he had when he was first traded for a couple seasons ago. But I I, I was watching last night, Aaron, and I, I I know this crossed through your mind too. Where are these minutes coming from? Like, what you have, you have Russ, you have Beverly, you have Walker, you have none. You have uh, Schroeder, and they all play the same position. They all have roughly the same body type. Um, and, you know, they can try to call Patrick Beverly a 3 three and D wing all he wants, but, like, we know the difference between uh, a drumstick and a chicken wing, and, and you know, this is, this is it really close to way too many chicken wings here. Aaron, you there? We lost Aaron again. Uh, Shub, uh how are you feeling yeah we aaron is gonna have to get roasted for his internet quality but but um but Shub, like what well, the 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 number of guards that the lakers have here again it it speaks to trying to retrofit a rotation to a roster based on a move that they knew that they had to make this whole time that they don't wind up making where are these minutes coming from
3: no question. And I completely agree. Can you imagine if Schroeder, you know, was actually in the United States of America and Walker, you know, wasn't injured? Uh, just like how that would look like it would just be really interesting. I think we play. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and every everyone all offseason has, you know, we try to make these rotations, you know, as fans. And there's always an argument for the person you leave out. And it's a good argument. Right. And so, yeah, to, to, to find a, to find a way to, you know combat that is exactly what you said is to try to convince yourself that Patrick Beverly is a three and you know Lonnie Walker is going to play some three um if Troy Brown Jr. makes the rotation he's he's a three right and so just trying to play just trying to play up the position and just rely on your defensive intensity you know with the lack of size from those guys is how you kind of compromise and talk yourself into it um I think I think Schroeder's acumen I think his experience so far I think that's deserving of Uh, close to a six man or the backup point point guard already um so that'll be you know really interesting to see how that works out and um i think the starters still up to grab but i think russ so far you know uh has, has put the conversation to bed so far but we've got a long preseason to go so
1: aaron has the lakers changed their official internet connection are you on mint mobile now like what
2: you know i was in i was in the car on the way back to the crib the first time and then uh now just got back to the house and so the switching from the uh from the mobile to the wi-fi got me again but yes make i know i know luxury
0: taxes are a
1: concern but they can pay yeah, no, unlimited no, dollars. Right? roast,
2: roast, like roast me for my cilantro mobile
0: absolutely <laughs> cilantro <laughs> mobile. <laughs> God that,
3: damn. the lakers the counting team that, is
0: that
3: basil that basil
2: mobile man y'all I need some, um, but I do, I do, to get back to that, the, the last question, I do agree about the, um, it, the, the roster is unbalanced right now. There are, uh, the last thing I heard you talking about before the, uh, before the unfortunate switch from, from uh, mobile to Wi-Fi, um, it is unbalanced. And there are quite a few guys, you know, six five, six, well, not even six five, six four and under. And I do think that some of the roster construction um, was done with the thought that one of those guys might not be here. So it does look, it does, I think a potential rust trade obviously would balance the roster better, but as of now he is here, but I, I, I think it is a fair critique. Absolutely.
1: How, what, like I'm, I'm legitimately asking because look ham is answering the questions best he can. And especially, you know, in particular with a focus on rust that, the focus here is with him as a los angeles laker and and all of the noise is, is a media created thing and this is the team that we're coaching here it's like okay this is the team that you're coaching here and this is the way that it's currently built and the number crutch do- doesn't make any sense unless you're going to roll with three guard lineups for 3 fifths of the game then this this number this this uh this rotation doesn't make any sense and anthony well no, anthony goes, you said there was you're legitimately
0: oh, right. asking what are you legitimately asking I get real ugly too I can get real ugly too. I can run a three rotation like that. What what, yeah. what? what are you
2: legitimately asking?
0: How? How are they gonna? Are they gonna play a
2: three guard lineup for three fifths of this I, game? I don't think you can, um, because yeah. the, I mean, the guards are small as it is. But you're gonna play one of them consistently at nominally
3: small forward. Like, then you're really small. Um, yeah. And, the, and and then I convince myself Walker's a three at this point. I've convinced myself Walker's a three at this point. Don't don't do that. Yeah, don't, do that. that. Don't, do, don't, do don't do that. Don't do, that. Don't do that. that. Listen, you know I like his team. athleticism and he's 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 up. Now really
0: you know <laughs> the team <laughs> score when they got Pat Bev classified as a three and D one you, you know Well, no, Doug, to fair, yeah.
1: Fair, yeah. no, to yeah. be fair, <laughs> no, to be fair, though. Patrick Patrick Beverly got that surgery in the offseason that makes him six. He got the leg lengthening. He got the leg lengthening. Hey, got that dog in him. You know, what I'm. Yeah, Pat Bev hold the dog. To be fair, he's that giraffe in him. To be fair, to be fair, Pat Bev.
2: Has had some, some success guarding bigger guys. Um, right, it takes away some of his point of attack stuff, unless that that unless that bigger guy, you know, Jason Tatum or KD or whomever is initiating all the offense. Paul
1: George, Paul George, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Um, so he has had some success. So can he yeah. sometimes guard? Uh, you know, nominally a small forward. Yes, he can. Oh, yeah, but that's sure. but yeah. that's going to be felt. In many other ways, right? If you have if no you right. have three guys on the floor that are six, four or smaller, um, that's going to be felt in other ways, rebounding, etc. I mean, and there's just times where you can get pushed around. And even though you can fight it, you are just at a disadvantage. So are the Lakers going to play? At a disadvantage. Th- are the Lakers going to play three guard lineups for most of the game? No, you can't.
1: You, you will hope you not. Can't.
2: No, the Lakers are too. And the Lakers are too small to do that. No, you cannot.
1: But what's as as they're currently built? What's the what's the art alternative? Like, is it just a whole bunch of Troy Brown? Is it Cole Swider? Is he is, is he going to get out there and, and, and play? Like yeah, Are they are they going to go super big? Ba- I mean, we know we saw them last year. They're going to go. They you know last night they went with. I think at one point Thomas Bryant and Damian Jones were out there. So like maybe they're maybe they're really focused on. On going super big on that part to make up for the size that they aren't going to have in their backcourt, but but I I don't know what like in terms of talent allocation across the rotation here, you're better off trying to go three guard than trying to to gamble on Troy Brown or Cole Swider. I think. I, no, but, I
2: I agree with you that the Lakers are going to play some three guard lineups. Absolutely, right. because as as the roster is currently constructed, you know a, a handful of the best players are small guys by NBA standards are small. So I think the Lakers are going to play some small guys. I think they may do that quite a bit actually to finish games here in stretches, because I think you'll see AD moving to center to finish games. But but to answer your other question, yes, I'm not saying Cole Swider is, is like the answer to this, but I do think Cole Swider is going to play. The NBA is about having one thing you can do at such an elite level that even the best be people in the level. league can't take it from you. Even though they know it's coming, they can't take it from you. And, that is what the NBA that's is like. Why about.
3: Duncan Robinson's got ninety million dollars, and is. Cole Swider can <laughs> shoot it at and, a plus and, plus Aaron, NBA level. Period. And and Anthony, but this the question that you're asking begs the overall point is that there's no rationalizing this. Like we just tried to for the last five minutes, and there's no clear cut answer that exactly. that's, that 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 breeds to a healthy team and, and a successful team. So I mean. And and the saddest thing and this is the last point that I this is the bigger picture is that it's sad. And what I realized last night watching the game, it does not matter how (laughs) how good Russ plays. It does not matter how well Russ fits because because of his contract and being the only trade piece that we have. If the team overall, which means all 15 guys are not successful, he is going to be the one that goes because we have to make a switch. And there's only one switch that's open to us right now. Right. And you can talk about minor trades here and there for a wing. And that's cool and all, uh, whether it's Kendrick Nunn, Wendy and Gabriel, things like that. But that's the biggest domino that the Lakers have in their pocket and that they're not afraid to use if this if this uh, if they hit the panic button midseason. So no matter. That's what I realized last night is that Ruskin average 19, eight and eight and shoot 51 percent and play average defense. But if we don't have the record and if the team's not gelling and if other players aren't performing to their standard, He's going to be the one to go, and and you know I, I don't know if that's you know plausible or healthy or not, but that's kind of the predicament we're in.
1: Yeah, fair, fair is is you know I've always thought of it as kind of an immature concept, but yeah, like it 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 that's the reality of the situation. As unfair as as it might be, and Kashmir was probably would be the first person to say like it's really unfair that Russ gets all of the shit from that season when Vogel was the worst version of himself, when AD was the worst version of himself, when even LeBron as a leader was probably the worst version of himself. But now the only the only trade chip, the only move that the Lakers have at their disposal now is a Russell Westbrook trade. And yeah, he's probably going to be the one to to be shown the door here, even if he's playing well. Probably especially if he's playing well, because maybe they, they won't have to give up as much. Uh, Aaron, you ready for a, a tinfoil moment here before we get out of here? No,
2: tinfoil oh, hat. Anthony
1: is my favorite you ready oh, yeah yeah shit. you ready for some tinfoil here the only starter last night who played in the second half of the game was whom it was Kendrick Nunn Ken Kendrick Nunn Kendrick Nunn was the only starter who played uh, uh, who played in the second half of last night's game he's also the only non-minimum contract that the Lakers can move before December. Right, because, I, uh, you know, they, they traded for Patrick Beverly. That puts a, a timeline on, on when they can trade for him or when they can move him. I think they have to wait a month or so. Um, I thought last night, as much as it was to get Kendrick Nunn some extra looks and some extra minutes there that he hasn't had over the course of last season, it was also like a, hey, look, this guy's healthy. This guy can play. <laughs> Anybody interested so that we don't have to give up two first-rounders to Indiana. Would you like to trade for Kendrick Nunn? That was that's my tinfoil theory. Yeah, you, know, you know,
2: you know, I, you know, I can't respond to that, right? You know, you're not. going <laughs> yeah. Hey, Anthony, Anthony, I will say this. I
1: will Un, say this. Unnamed, about Kendrick unnamed Nunn. Uh, cognac
3: is is delicious. Unnamed cognac is unnamed cognac con- is, con- is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, this weekend, though. <laughs> my hot pig Kendrick Nunn, replaces that 29 pick. You heard it here first. I'm telling you right now. Hold <laughs> on you say <laughs> you Kendrick Nunn's going to replace that 29 pick that Indy's asking for? That's how the Lakers would prefer to see this go. Russ, hey, that's, 27 that's 20, and 20. none. Send the deal. It's, it's going to hey,
0: happen. Hey, what so Aaron said the real question. made make this point clear. I think Cole Swider definitely see a lot of big minutes once the actual season start. though, right? That boy, you not know I'm saying? Not only do you got the hype, but he can snipe. That, that boy is a sniper. Like, real.
2: Yeah.
0: So, I, like, Taren, yeah, I'm, I mean,
2: he's not going to guard anybody, but um, yo, no. he is 6'9", he he hey, cool. he and he's got a flamethrower. And especially on a team that is bereft of size and bereft of shooting, it's, it's not bereft of size. It trends small. Because they're yeah. they got some big guys, but if, uh, the talent, the talent, the talent, is definitely. I'm so. He
0: probably. I see him seeing. A, I see him playing a lot of big minutes or, or coming in at key I, moments for the Lakers. How about so this? Sure. I think. How about this? I think by the
2: time we get to the, you know, the middle of the year, I think he is a rotation player. Does that mean ten minutes a night? Does that mean twenty minutes a night? I don't know, but I think he. I think he is a rotation player. 15 minutes, minutes a night. Maybe. Sure.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, Aaron, Aaron, the and I will say the name he...
2: Cognac is delicious about the. Uh,
1: <laughs> in, 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 in even even,
2: even, even, in the, even, in the, even in the even in the the runs before before camp started uh, yeah. that that none has been fantastic. So I don't know that it's necessarily about showing him off to other teams. He's just like, hey, this guy can play. He is a good, he, he, yeah. he is he is Aaron, one of the best confirm, players on the he's, team. He's,
3: Aaron, just to confirm, he's a hundred thousand percent healthy, correct? He is. Yes. You no were, no, no, right? no restrictions. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Thank you.
1: That Indiana, just in case you're curious, 100%. Oh, right, here
3: you go. Oh, Russ, none, case. 2027. You heard it here first. <laughs> hey, Joe. All right.
1: That's going to do it here for this episode of the Anthony Irwin Show live here on Silver Screen and Rolls uh, Spaces feed. Thank you very much, Cashmere, uh, for hopping on. Shub for hopping on. Aaron, as always, for hopping on. That was a blast. These are going to be a thing for here on out uh, throughout the rest of the season. If you missed any of it, it is going to be appearing on the Silver Screen and Roll podcast feed. You can get that anywhere that you find podcasts. Um, So until I talk to you guys next, I'm Anthony Irwin. Send, have a good one.